Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Pasta Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Matt, we are here once again talking about weird sketch comedy, which is Al TV. <laughs> Volume three, um, Japan really takes a hit on this one. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. And wow. We, yeah, I, we're going to get into it, but holy cow, there's... Uh, <laughs> wow. I mean, <laughs> we got some some bits that recur from previous uh, Al TVs. Uh, coffee drinkers also are not looked upon kindly. Uh, still. No, he comes down on them, too, but... All right, so we have a guest. We we had a we had Patrick McDonald from Smosh on uh, for episodes one and two, uh, which kind of set a standard for me. Which is, if we're going to talk about Weird Al sketch, we should always have someone who's got more ties to the sketch world than you and I have. Uh, so I'm very excited to bring in one of my good good friends. We have Katie Hampton on the show from Geekscape from the Geekscape main show. I'm sure you're very devastated to be uh trading out the exotic Elsesser name for the uh very generic Hampton name. I'm so pumped. <laughs> yeah, must be a real struggle to have to have a pronounceable last name <laughs> suddenly. <laughs> but <laughs> but here we are. You I had reached out to you in the past to have you do the the podcast. And you were like, you know, I enjoy Weird Al. You need to get my fiance, Mark, on the show, which I do want to get Mark on the show. But yeah. then as we were about to do LTV3, I'm like, you know what? Let's let's bring Katie on for this one. What is your what is your like first real exposure to Weird Al? Because boy, do I hope it wasn't this. <laughs> oh, no, I wasn't. I wasn't in existence when this occurred. Um, <laughs> I wasn't even a glimmer in my parents' eye. Shout out to Before My Time um, on the Geekscape Network because this could totally be one of those. Um, but yes, this was a, a, a Before My Time. But I was introduced to Weird Al probably in like the early 2000s. 
2000s, like a full two decades after the reign of this show. Okay. And I, it was mostly his music. Keep in mind that um, I got into comedy, into sketch a little bit older in life, um, like more of my like 20s and, and on because I was raised in a very strict religious background. So my friend in high school actually introduced me to Weird Al songs in like maybe like 2005 2006 so like i was wow. a late yeah no wow. i was late to the game on a lot of the stuff and i was like my baloney eat it which is a special shout out for this episode <laughs> um i didn't come to understand any of the weird owl stuff until much later so this was this was so fascinating because you could see you could see how 80s-tastic this show was but also you could see so many influences on modern day sketch comedy that I was like, oh shit, they do this on The Late Show. Oh shit, oh, yeah. they do this with Scott Ackerman. It, I can, I feel like I see all of Scott Ackerman's career right now. Just oh, watching. Oh, sure. We, so on, I, we talked about it a pretty decent amount in the first one, but I, to this day, truly believe that like in 1984, 1985, like, Thomas Lennon and Michael Ian Black and all of the people who created the state were the state, watching yeah. were watching Al TV and being like, wait, you can do sketch comedy like that? Like in comparison to what else was out there, because this really does feel like, look, some of this has aged not so great, and we will definitely be getting into that, but <laughs> this really feels like the beginning of what would become the alternative comedy movement of like a lot of irreverence, a lot of like purposely bombing like bad jokes yeah. on purpose like yeah, yeah, making yeah, yeah. fun of the failure more than writing a successful joke like yeah. there's a lot Le going on here leaning <laughs> into the awkward like i mean you even get like senses of like early will ferrell stuff like yes. you get the the like i don't care if you don't laugh i find this hysterical i'm gonna keep doing this bit until it's dead well, yes. adding um, to the fact that he's alone in a room so there's no laughter you know he's just yeah. delivering these jokes <laughs> yeah. to no one this it feels it feels like how a, like a comedy Twitch streamer does things. Yes. Like I, I love he even says in this episode, I'll keep doing this until I don't want to do it. Until I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, 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 for sure. It even reminds me of uh like how uh I had such sympathy for in, you know, the height of the pandemic when all the late night shows had to go remote and like oh. what's like Jimmy Fallon and uh they're just delivering these monologues at in their living room to no one and it's like how hard is it to gauge your material like that like it just seems so awkward so hard to deliver that naturally and and feel like it's like you're in on it and not like you're cringing for this person yeah but i will say on top on that specific topic that is why i really never paid attention to seth meyers and now i am a diehard seth meyers fan because no one moved into that more seamlessly than he did. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Uh, like, I'm, I'm going to shut you down right now. Amber Ruffin. Amber Ruffin well, took Well, she's off part of Seth Meyers. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she totally, yeah. No, she totally yeah. is. And, like, yeah. I, I agree, but I feel like Amber Ruffin did it more succinctly and and because her show premiered in the pandemic. Yeah. That so is true. Okay. No audience. And she was doing these cutaway bits. She was doing a lot of these like very hilarious like coming up with her own songs, like very weird out. Like she and she's an excellent singer, hilarious comedian. And 
I was laughing hysterically with like, there's no audience, there's no laugh yeah. track, there's no nothing. And like, they really leaned into the uncomfortable in the pandemic, but they shot it on a set. It, like, that was incredible. Yeah. Well, that's, so yeah, that's what I was totally. going to say is when, when Seth Meyers was like up in his attic or whatever doing the show, I could care less. When he started to do the show where it was just him at the desk with like mm-hmm. his writers and that was it, it was so charming. It gave me that throwback feeling of what I've talked about, I think, on the past Al TV, my love of the original run of Talk Soup where you're just watching like Craig Kilborn and John Henson just try to make their cameramen laugh. Like they're not yeah. they're not doing yeah. a bit for anybody, but like the 10 people that have their sense of humor. And I remember reading in an interview that like Seth Meyers was like, I really don't want audiences to come back. Like I am having so much fun <laughs> just just not caring if this joke is mainstream enough for the audience and just trying to make them laugh. So let's, let's dive into this a little bit. This aired on July 7th, 1985. And some of the humor feels every minute, like it's 1985. (laughs) And we, we talked about this before where it's like, you know, you sometimes wonder, I can't believe they didn't put all the Al TVs on any type of home video format. (laughs) And now it's like knowing who Al is now, I'm sure He's not exactly thrilled that these are available on YouTube for people to revisit either to a certain extent. But I do like that at this point, the pirate radio setup has dramatically become more elaborate and yes. more <laughs> more outrageous than the first two episodes. And the, the Weird Al one night stand gag has continued into a third episode. Wow. <laughs> like, it was like within the first three minutes. They instantly. Made- yeah. He goes right to it. Like everyone was waiting for more of this bit for over a year. A side note, it's funny because he cuts to a lot of existing clips. Okay, so the joke is, and he says the name again, by the way. I don't know who this person is, but he multiple times says the name uh, Trixie, the, the woman who won this. And then he goes like, Trixie, what did you think? And it cuts to this clip of a woman walking like with her head in her hands going, it's a one night stand that I'll never forget. But not in a good way. Like she's clearly like upset. Like she and she like needs to leave. She needs to leave. And I thought like because of the way Al works, I was like, is this from something else? Like is he grabbing a a clip from an existing piece of media? But I could not find it. If you Google the phrase with quotes, it's a one night stand. I'll never forget. Nothing comes up. That's weird. So so I don't know. Come on, internet. I know exactly. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't. Either way, it doesn't change the the cringiness of that that joke. And we said last time that like obviously the joke here is supposed to be that Al is such a nerd that winning this contest is like who would ever want this? Like I get that it's <laughs> it's, it's it's supposed to be a joke about him. Yeah. Being well, a he, dork. But I mean, it's not like he started self-deprecation in comedy, no, certainly but not. like yeah. he started this style where it's like I mean, I I almost felt like some little dicky stuff coming out of this, where it was just like, yeah. y- you know, like I'm gonna make fun of just like how bad I am sexually, yeah. just to like make that the comedy and bite you before you know you get to the punchline, yeah. and I'll do it first. Yeah. But yeah, it felt like okay. Now we're we're beginning into like the Napoleon Dynamite type of comedy. Right, <laughs> yeah. right, right, right. It's starting there, and just as quickly as he finally brings a conclusion to his his bit that he started over a year ago it's time to start the new one which is the be an owl roadie contest this is great it's great this is great <laughs> because you know what i just i i don't think i can remember the name of the band and even if i could i wouldn't say it just because i don't want to like be too, like i know there is a band 
that charged for this that did this exact thing and made it a premium thing like on a kickstarter where it was like if you pledge this amount of money you can be our roadie for a day and a bunch of people did it a lot of people they paid they paid money to work for the band for a day and as soon as i saw this bit in al tv i was like this man is like an oracle to see these sex things coming down the pipe. Because now, well, yeah, it, it's so it crazy. Does, it does feel like those skeezy internships that totally. like that try and ha- hunt you down after college, uh, which I totally fell prey to in the Shakespeare sense. Yeah. Um, and, and definitely paid for an internship <laughs> at a Shakespeare company because let's be real, Shakespeare doesn't make that much money these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, I love how quickly in his delivery of this, it goes from like, you just uh, like submit to this today um and then quickly turns into like a late night infomercial oh yeah (laughs) wait there's more (laughs) (laughs) and it's like the least appealing pitch possible it's like would you like to lug all of the equipment in our suitcases while we don't even acknowledge your while we don't even acknowledge your existence (laughs) i I just could not Uh, believe to see that because again i i saw a band doing i watched a band do this and those I'm people, so those people were so. I, I, I'm not just saying it. I honestly cannot remember. But it, it was, was a show with friends of mine at, and it was one of the other bands who I didn't know as well. And I just, I could not believe these people were so excited because they got the bad, they got the laminate for backstage, oh, and no. they were just part of the show, and they were so happy to be part of the show. They paid hundreds of dollars. No, I, I'm not. I yeah. swear. Oh, yeah, God. That's insane. Speaking of the infomercial aspect of this, we then get to the stereo, the, you know, calling your provider to make sure that you're getting Al TV in stereo. If you're not getting Al TV in stereo, you're only getting half the picture or whatever. But there's that great bit where he's like, all of you who are already listening in stereo, you can leave. I want to talk to the people who don't yet. <laughs> and he gets Mono. real close to the camera and he just goes, what are you stupid or something? <laughs> I have to say, like, I, you know, Weird Al has always been bonkers and like so fun to just be like, like, kind of like pick apart and like see all these things. The scariest he ever is is when he gets so fucking close to the camera <laughs> that all you can see is like the production lights reflected in his glasses, oh and it's God, just yes. like a silhouette of his body. It's terrifying. And he does this multiple times in this episode, and he's yelling at you. <laughs> He's really, he's like, what kind of an idiot are you? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's figured this out but you. Shout out to people with bipolar. Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. It's it's so, it's so good. Um, I still stand by that the, you know, we, I talked about this in the first two episodes, but I love when he does the music news. We get into the music news. The, the Ghostbusters joke is so smart and it is smart to only like, big music nerds of the idea of like he's being sued by George Harrison for ripping off my sweet Lord, which I'm not sure if you, do you get that? Like, cause I just found this out like a year ago. Do you get what so that joke is? I had is? to go through the history of this because this yeah. is, again happened before I existed. So I had to like understand, I was like, wait, there was a lawsuit. I, I vaguely remember in terms of Ghostbusters in the song. And then I like, kind of went down a rabbit hole and I was like, okay, which one of these were jokes and which one of these were like actual news? Yeah, so the, yeah, Ghostbusters the lawsuits thing if, only got worse. Yeah, so the, yeah. so the the first one that I think most people know is Ghostbusters 
uh, got sued by Huey Lewis in the news because the the entire melody of the Ghostbusters theme is I want a new drug. It is, it is like note for note, I want a new drug, which was only made more controversial because the producers approached Huey Lewis to write the Ghostbusters theme and he said no, so then they hired someone else. To be fair to Ray Parker, they probably told him make this sound like Huey Lewis. Yeah. Because yeah. that's such a common note for this type of thing. They probably said make this 100%. sound like yeah. Huey Lewis. But the uh, the quote that I always love from Huey Lewis was when he got approached to do the soundtrack for Back to the Future. <laughs> he said, I didn't really want to do it, but I said yes because they'd probably just steal my sound anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was like still no. so bitter about it. Yeah. Wow. The My Sweet Lord, the reason he brings up My Sweet Lord by George Harrison is that was also a very infamous lawsuit because My Sweet Lord completely steals the lyrical and musical melody of He's So Fine by the Ronettes, the like doo-wop group from the 60s. And that was a lawsuit in the early 70s. And I think it was one of the first actual like copyright infringement lawsuits. Like it was the it first was an public early one. one. So it, and that was kind of yeah, sad so it, because George actually yeah. admitted George George said he didn't he he basically admitted he did it and that he didn't mean to. Yeah. Like he he accidentally ripped it off, which is a thing that happens. I mean, you come up with a melody 100%. and you're like this sounds great and then unless yeah, someone like, tells you Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, there's a not to go on too much of a tangent, but a story I always love from McCartney. Paul McCartney when he wrote the song Yesterday, he played that song for everyone he could because he was sure he stole it. No <laughs> because way. It, came, oh, wow. it came to him so completely. Like the idea was just so yeah. in his head. He was like, I must have heard this somewhere else. But he wow. didn't. It just was there. Like he just pulled it. But he was so nervous. He was accidentally stealing something because of how, Wait, how good just, it was. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I- in, in his own mind, that I'm such like a music dolt. Like I, yeah. it, it does. But like I know that feeling when writing a bit sure. or writing a joke, yeah. and and you're like, someone must have said this, and then yeah. you have to go on a Google search. I love that they. All of these references were purely from their own brains, from their writing team, from just Weird Al and like knowing this so well. Yeah. Like, they're not Googling it. They're not shazamming. Yeah. No, like, is this no, the melody uh, yeah. of something else? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is, and I, I agree with you too, Katie, on the amount of times that I've had like a t shirt idea where I'm like, someone has gotten <laughs> to have beaten me. To this joke, to this. like the like the Nick Cage yeah. one, the fact that no one had beaten me to the despite all my rage, I'm still just Nick in a cage. Like I searched <laughs> everywhere to make sure that that shirt didn't already exist. I have one idea that I have not figured out how to actually make it a shirt people want to buy, um, but I really want to do something with LinkedIn Park. Um, <laughs> where it's oh the, my that's god, that's good. Perfect. That's good. I like that. You know, we talked about how Al really like goes hard on on Japan, and we will get there. But uh, no. Matt, I got to ask you, do you think that one of the reasons that Prince maybe kept saying <laughs> no to parodies is that he goes in hard on Prince like four different times in this? So I think <laughs> at this point, Prince had already said no. I think okay. that that he, he had asked Prince and Prince said no. So I think maybe Al is trying to do some maybe what he considers gentle ribbing back. But boy, is he, he like that kids the whole he... final segment to Prince being like yeah. a Satanist. <laughs> that guy was like, I just looked over there. I didn't even know it was him. And his bodyguards put a metal rod through my head. Right. And then the candidate who like was clearly just like somebody's like son visiting for a day. Yeah. Who was like he popped my balloon. He popped my balloon. <laughs> he burned down my Up house and he ran like... off with my girlfriend. <laughs> I'll but I love his, his music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, dude, that's probably the one that's the most relatable to today because it's kind of 
when we're watching yeah. our favorite musicians oh get canceled God, and so it's like, true. oh, but I still really so like true. Thriller. <laughs> like, yeah. That was that was the note that I, I put down. I was like, Prince Bit, it's hilarious because it's so applicable. Yeah. Like we we give them so much leeway yeah. despite all of their like current Absolutely. actions. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's true. Um, but it was such an interesting thing because he actually pulls on the record of Purple Rain <laughs> and like yeah. makes a bit about it. And he's like, maybe you should just go and buy this record. And he flashes his own record. <laughs> like, buy this over purple fucking rain that, I mean honestly of all the things like there's joking but Al literally is telling people to take your copy of purple rain return it and buy dare to be stupid and said that is an yeah. act of aggression like that is I mean like holy cow that is a crazy thing to do and I mean for, considering Prince is at this point and still like the top of the top of the top Al is huge but I mean no Prince is untouchable and right. uh, so it's not like Al is punching down, but no, it was still it, shocking it, to see him do that. It was sort of, it was like I, the, the balls that he had. I mean, he oh. was like, what, 25 at this point? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like, that's one of those like jokes that you make among your friends. Yeah. But to have that actually broadcast out. That's <laughs> like, a good point. We had said earlier, like, you know, there's a there's a really early Al parody there. He just destroys Billy Joel and then he didn't yeah. release it because he was just didn't feel good too about mean, it. Yeah. It was too mean. <laughs> but he is still pretty willing to take people to task if he thinks they deserve it. I mean, these Al TV examples are huge of just like, yeah, he is definitely going to make fun of you. He uh very shortly after that, um makes fun of David Lee Roth for doing yeah. Dave TV and Al yes. goes on this long rant like Dave TV what a great idea oh my god I wish I thought of that what a brilliant so I need to I need to mention one more thing with the Prince thing oh yeah, yeah. do you remember what the back masked message was that he said on was on the purple oh, rain god. record I didn't write Wait, it down I should grow a mustache yes yeah, Satan won't let me grow a full mustache, mustache. oh god <laughs> I was like, and I'm sitting there looking at his his little two caterpillars sprouting out of his nose. Uh. I was like, I this is ballsy even for like for him to say. It's true. It's true. Yeah. I mean, you know what? It's I do think Prince had rejected him at this point, so maybe that's what we're seeing here is like Al taking out some aggression, which does come up again later in Al TV type things. Like we see him get mad at Eminem later on for agreeing to the parody and then not the video and al will make you look dumb if you don't play hit the game with him he's like a mob boss yeah <laughs> he's yeah. a comedy mob boss like <laughs> for sure it's, and it, it's funny too because he can get away with it by just calling it parody and yeah. i feel like this is where a lot of people have gotten the whole like i can say something terrible and say it's just a joke but like with al it's actually really fucking funny i know yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he really has good. found the right balance for it he's able to do it because it is like it's light it's just lighthearted enough that it's like how could you get really really mad at this but at the mm -hmm. same time if you just look at bullet points like i forgot the mustache thing is crazy and even just the straight like yeah return your prince records and buy mine instead <laughs> like in someone else's mouth that is like i'm going to kill you <laughs> like yeah. that is no <laughs> joke like that is like you are taking money off like it's off crazy the table. Yeah, yeah yeah no it, uh, it's kind of bonkers yeah <laughs> um so this is something that we didn't see in the first two al tv 
uh, specials, which is the appearance of celebrities doing bumpers. Oh, and so the first good. one, when Elvira popped up on the screen, it was all caps in I my notes. I threw my like, hands in the air and I said, <laughs> Elvira. It was all caps uh, in my notes too. And, and he also tags her tag saying that she went to an insane asylum after doing that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing he's still doing bits and even though he's got he uh, these these bumpers blew my mind i was like uh, how yes. did they get I, mean, I guess it's an mtv thing but like some of them they're like literally laughing through it like you can Dude, see vanity it. can't even get through hers she vanity like cannot starts laughing midway through hers that was the and best then, take oh, they could shit. get for vanity <laughs> who was the last one? Oh, the last one killed me because what oh, was the Liberace. Liberace. yeah liberace oh, liberace Fucking and the, Liberace, and he's literally reading off of a cue card. Like uh, you can see him reading, yeah. and, and he's trying to be well, very sincere. Yeah, and we also get um, Andy Taylor from Duran Duran telling us to That's brush right. and floss after every meal, and he's like, and it really works, and he just shows his janky <laughs> teeth. <laughs> Genius. That was like, a great bit. I love how many people he got to play along at this point. It's a great example of how his influence is rising, that now you're seeing all these people appear. Like that is as very impressive. Yeah. And yeah. so so those are and those are clearly not like him taking something out of context. They are saying Al TV. Oh, like yeah. They're no, talking those are, about those Al are TV. Mad for Al for sure. Yeah, this wanna... wasn't one of those splice bits, which they do in this uh, Yes. <laughs> well, I was gonna say I wanna clarify that because I have no evidence of this. This is just my assumption that Al, I guess, found himself in a video standing behind Paul and Linda McCartney and yes. turned it into a two-minute bit that is so fucking funny. This is this is how I so I I would do bits like this like when I was younger, like pretend <laughs> like I was part of something or whatever, and like I had no idea that Al had already done this and. <laughs> did this really fucking well too? Like I actually had to watch it twice because I was like, wait, no, he's actually in this shot. Like I was going to say, my first instinct was that they inserted him and I was like, wait, this is 1985. There's no way they did that. It looks way too good. It was too clear. Yeah. It was too clear. Do you think, so here's my question. Cause it's one of two things, right? Option number one is that he had the forward thinking of Al TV to see Paul McCartney being interviewed and was like, I'm going to get as close to this interview as I can and just stand back there. Or did someone did the interview air and he was like, oh, shit, there I am. And then wrote the bit around that. Either way, it's hysterical because it's him like trying to get an interview and then as soon as Linda McCartney moves he stops talking <laughs> and is just awkwardly standing standing there, there. yeah <laughs> I, I have no idea how this kind of came to be like clearly he did a voiceover on top of like the actual interview yeah it was just like hey Paul yeah. Paul yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which was funny enough as is but the fact that like Linda just ducks down and then you see him <laughs> was it, like, you could not recreate that with CGI any better. <laughs> I, I, given the nature of the footage, I think it had to have been a just freak coincidence thing. And he saw mm-hmm. it and was like, we have to use this. Like, this is just too <laughs> crazy that this happened this way. Like, I have to do something with it. It feels like some somebody was like, Al, you were in an interview. Like, Paul was, like, doing that interview. Yeah. And, like, you you showed up behind him. Like, I feel like somebody was like, oh, exactly. did you see yourself do that? And then he grabbed that clip or footage yeah. and was just like... 
Yeah, and just him him trying to get his attention was the best idea they could find to like do something after the fact. But I mean, it is like you couldn't have scripted it better. It's so perfect. It was perfect. Um, so we did have to watch this on YouTube in a in a series of bits, and the <laughs> second of the five clips is no longer on YouTube. I'm assuming some type of copyright issue more confusing is that the the third video is four minutes long so i don't know so short i was actually like did i click the wrong link like did this auto play into something else (laughs) yeah it was very weird um there there was only really two things that i was able to pull from that which is that it's mostly just him doing viewer mail for that entire clip um and there's the one the one is the the viewer sends a riddle and it's what does tina turner (laughs) and ted turner have in common they have the same last name. <laughs> yeah. And at the end, he's uh, like, that was really good. Kind of a brain teaser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really gives them, I love that he gives them a solar powered flashlight. He the goes, solar ah, good luck with flashlight that. is your prize. Yeah. That'll come in handy. No. Okay, but the other thing about this is he has people, he like does this thing. Like if you want to like send me a letter, send in and he gives the address. And I looked up the address. Cause I was like, where did they shoot this? He gives the address to the Laugh Factory. And uh, I have no idea what the fuck, like, maybe that was, like, a corporate, you know, like, headquarters or something, because they shot in Burbank, but the but Laugh Factory is down in, like, Hollywood proper. That's like, wild. Like, West Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, so he gives an address, and I was like, I'm curious, so I looked it up, and yeah, I, like immediate Google search was Laugh Factory on Sunset. Well done looking that up, because I actually thought, I was like, I wonder what would happen if you tried to address something to this now. The Laugh Factory, that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. So I don't know what it was before it was the Laugh Factory, because I think the Laugh Factory was established in like 2000s or something. Yeah. I don't Are know you sure? The- Wait, what was the one that Pauly Shore's mother ran, though? Wasn't that the Laugh Factory? Or is that the Comedy Store? I think is that, that might be the Comedy Store. Mitzi's uh, comedy, comedy Store. store. Okay. Yeah. okay, never mind Mitzi, that. I was- yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe, I don't know. That, that Maybe that was something beforehand. I always wonder how, how like... There had to have been actual letters that he was getting. Like, I'm sure he combed through the letters for some bits. The only other thing that I had written down, and it is just strictly for my enjoyment, but I will read this. Um, the last letter he reads says, I will pay you a dollar to rub some ding-dongs all over your face. <laughs> and he and he grabs the ding-dongs and rubs them on his face, and he screams, okay, sucker, now pay up. And he, to my ears, sounded so much like Wallace Shawl in the Princess Bride yelling. <laughs> like, I was like, holy shit. And this is like before Princess Bride, so it's not like a reference to it or yeah. anything. He just has a very similar shrill screaming voice. We jump into the fifth, the fourth of the five videos, which starts with this waffle bit that is so funny because it fails so bad. Like whatever he was trying it's to do, so it weird. doesn't work. And he's like, he's trying to spray like whipped cream or something on top of like, the letters are it, it's like a waffle but it, it spells al on it and he's uh, spraying the tv onto oh, it so that it's but it's actually TV a logo. waffle iron like yeah, he puts so yeah. his cream on it and it instantly starts like boiling Dissolving. and then he takes the whole thing and shoves it right in his mouth i was like dude that's hot be careful and then starts talking which as a somebody with misophonia i fucking hate it oh, god. i was just like oh god no yeah This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm Mmm. 
What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! But this is where we this is where we get to the real the real <laughs> tough part, which is uh, the combination of uh, the Al Japanese tour oh uh, slideshow into and look, this might be complete ignorance on my part, but there's the the Japanese Eat It music video, and I cannot tell you if this is real or made up for this show because there was such a like. There was were it? these like weird, cheap, low-budget remakes of things constantly happening where I'm like, I don't know if he just found this thing and thought it was so strange and funny that he aired it, which is what I hope is what he did, yeah. or if they were like, let's just make this thing and make it insane because like, yo, those people over in Asia are just crazy. Like, I, I, I really hope it's not the latter. <laughs> I have the note, the Japanese bits making my butt pucker, um, <laughs> yeah. and then... Also, um, the choreography in the Japanese version of Eat It, I might do this for an audition that I have later on today because <laughs> they want me to do some kind of improvised like dance to any song I want. And now I'm kind of thinking of doing <laughs> So, yeah, I, I, you absolutely should. You will get that part. But, um, <laughs> uh, um, but if you look it up, if you Google Weird Al Eat It Japanese version, all that comes up is... The clip from from, this video. from Al TV. Like yeah. I don't think this is from anything else. Which and, does and, and it's short. Like it's not a full song. It's not the whole does, song. Yeah, but he does have like an album song. But the the recording is the same as on the VHS tape. Yeah, like that's right. It, it's it's not even the video. It's just like the like very fuzzy sounding. Yeah, <laughs> recording yeah, yeah, yeah. of the it, tape. I can only assume that he actually did do this for this latter reason you mentioned that, which is that this just on paper is funny, which again, we just like, we were talking about it a couple episodes ago. The idea that at this point in the eighties, it was like just being foreign is funny. So yeah. like right. jokes about sushi jokes about like, he does the whole Japanese the noodles, montage, he's like he's the noodles. Really just, he's really eating uh, what stomach worms or something. I guess, or, yeah. Like, yeah, oh, like yeah, uh, tapeworms, yeah. tapeworms, oh, yeah. like raw yeah. tapeworm. Um, yeah. Yeah, all of that just like I don't know. We found other cultures cringe. to be hilarious. It's very cringe. This the the Japanese video features like the start of the video features a really really uncomfortable upskirt shot that yes. I gasped to myself. Yeah. I was like, I cannot believe that this is in here. Like there are moments in this that are really really tough. And again, you know, this is just the nature of comedy like this, especially like quick sketch comedy like it just not all of it ages very well a lot of sketch comedy doesn't age well that's yeah. why it, it, that's why it's written so fast that's why it's produced exactly. so fast that's exactly. why it's usually so janky yeah is because it's a it's a commentary on the moment of, of and, the moment yeah and yeah the uh, the these bits did i mean the funniest part that i actually laughed at was when weird al said that he was going around saying that he was michael jackson and he got really good at signing his autograph <laughs> that <laughs> I, autograph. I did like that yes 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 that was that did make me laugh yeah. i was like ah, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which like i do like here's the thing that 
here's where I fall into the weird category of like not knowing how to feel about any of this. Is I also think that Eat It was like huge in Japan. Yeah. Like yeah. I I think that it was a was that Matt, do you remember what was the country where it charted higher than Michael Jackson's beat it? Was that in Japan? It was not Japan, it was Australia. That no. Australia in, okay. in Australia, <laughs> eat it, hit number one, and beat it, I think hit number three. <laughs> No, um, that's yeah. amazing. Isn't that crazy? No, it was not Japan, but I do believe that, okay. you know, I think I think it did do really well there. Yeah, because there's and... a specific Japanese single artwork that's yes. different than yes. like the other. And it is that is also not a great <laughs> cover at all. No, um, I, I, you but... know, to be honest, I'm sure this footage like the, the what he made the slot, the slideshow. Of, I think it's from a real from tour, actual sure. touring in Japan that he just yeah. decided to repurpose in this comedic way. Yeah, I mean. I don't know what else to say. The slideshow is, is yeah. the slideshow is way less offensive compared to the actual music. Like the slideshow well, is like that's. <laughs> I was like I was like so concerned when he started doing the slideshow because I was like, oh, please don't make fun of their accents. Please don't make fun yeah. of like anything else that's like so stereotypical of what yeah. comedy was doing with, uh, you know, Asian folks. Yeah. Back in the day, and I was just like, oh god, oh god, oh god, and I, it was actually fairly tame. He was mostly making fun of himself. Yeah. But then there was uh, like the guy in. Like, like the lobster costume that I was just like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> it, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, the I was greeted by the mask. It could have been a lot worse for sure, but it is still and then like that video. Oh, yeah, the video, video is really tough. And and again, it just makes you question. Like while you're watching it, you're like, I'm not sure what about this is supposed to be funny. Yeah, like that's the part. And then you then it, you just wind up cringing and being like, oh god, I, I you know you're. That's why. Yeah, you, I just want. I know that I'm wrong. I know that I'm wrong, but I want to believe that it was some weird relic that he just found in Japan, where he's like, wait, someone reshot <laughs> the Eat It music video. Like, I'll just air this because that's weird. But I think we're right. I think that they decided to produce it strictly for LTV, which is really unfortunate. Yeah, that seems most likely. That I will say the thing that, I, and I didn't realize it was attached to the video until my second viewing of it because some of these I had to watch again just to be like, yeah. did I see that or is that the brain fog of COVID like <laughs> coming at me? <laughs> the bit at the very beginning of that music video where some guy is smoking with a cup of coffee and then they smack his head and the cigarette goes up his nose, and I was like. That's some like primo like slapstick comedy right there. I actually, I, it's funny. I did the same thing. I rewound because I was like, "Wait a minute, what just happened?" What did I yeah, miss? because it didn't yeah. even seem like it was attached to the video at a certain point. And then I was like, no. "Oh, they're in the same place." Yeah. Got it. Uh, all right. So uh, after after we get past, Al just giving a one two punch to Japan for some unknown reason. Um, <laughs> yeah. He does he does the music videos like bloopers blum uh what I forget what he calls it but it's it's his his version of a bloopers reel from music videos. Um and there's a couple good ones but the the one that made me laugh the most was the guy jumping off the building and just yelling you lied to me in the, in the yes like, music video yeah. they pranked him that there was a safety net and instead yeah. he just jumps off a building and it's just a guy falling and it's so like it's so macabre oh yeah it's very dark <laughs> this is still just al at his darkest for sure um yeah. and and that goes into the next mail letter segment which had or no not the mail letter it had the uh the news segment that had one joke that really filled me with joy, which was the rock and roll connection still being alive and well with the next match of Mr. T and Hulk Hogan I knew versus gonna... Hall and Oates. Like, oh my gosh. At Madison poster, Square Garden. <laughs> the poster that they show that they made is great. What then, I would God, not give. Um, but then the Phil Collins no jacket required joke is so 
dumb. <laughs> that it filled me with so much joy. <laughs> Where it's like scratching the, the, the EPs and stuff. Like it, it's like it's everything's crashing. Like it's really bad for the record. So there's the other contest that Al is having going on here. He's doing the Who Wants to Be Al's Roadie. But the bit, arguably the the loudest laugh that came out of my mouth was when he was doing the contest to figure out what Duran Duran's music videos are about, and one of the answers <laughs> were they're about four minutes long. They're about four like, minutes long. <laughs> so great. That- also, how in that thing he's giving away—that's he's giving away the poster, right? I'm giving yeah, away a signed, signed Duran signed Duran poster, poster but he right. keeps pointing at the poster. It's clearly not signed, and he's just and pointing, he's pointing at, the at names. blank spaces. He's like, "Yeah, look, Andy Taylor." You can clearly and see. <laughs> Shortly after this, he picks a winner. He crumples up the poster to ship it as quickly as possible. Uh, And then he starts running down the Dare to be Stupid tour, which is always filled with fake dates. He loves bringing up the La Brea tar pits. I feel like it's been in every single fake tour shirt he's ever done. He plays at the La Brea tar pits. But the one that got me was Horny Bob's Yogurt Garden. That's one of the uh, <laughs> venues they're playing at. Yeah, these are all fake dates. I feel like on the last one, he had like obviously fake ones. And then and then the other joke was like, and of course, we're ending our tour with 12 nights at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> And then he did not bother with that on this. Because for a moment there, I actually was like, was Al playing Madison Square Garden at this point? Because I mean, 12 is too many. But like one, like maybe. One is it's not out of the question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we jump into the final of the five uh, YouTube videos, which starts off with a thing that you and I both loved uh, the first time around, Matt. The the fake commercials, the sky-high skull plate ad uh, was definitely a highlight of this video oh. for me. It's so strange and weird. Um, also, but then- like- did they shave that guy? Said that guy didn't look naturally bald. Like it <laughs> he looked- did not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was some real commitment to a very small bit. Yes, but the recurring is solar powered thing that they mount with screws into your head. And then, yeah, the joke at the end of every single one is like, it's great. It's going to give you all the radio broadcast and you won't, you won't look, look like, like a like jerk. A jerk. <laughs> <laughs> um, we skipped over the first couple of these because I, I feel like Jim kills it the most, but all of his bandmates show up. To show their weird talents. And Jim's talent is that he will take an ice cube and using only his tongue, sculpture it to a pig. And it is just this 30 second shot of him just staring dead into the camera. My favorite is you can you can lightly hear a producer in the background go, keep going. Do a little bit more of that. (laughs) And like and like he's clearly just like just like not even like like even acting in the bit he's just kind of just deadpanning like okay i'm yeah. just gonna move my jaw around for a minute but the best thing that happens is his tagline and he's yeah. like anyone interested yeah so if yeah. you're interested anyone you can interested, reach me he starts giving his phone number <laughs> and that's he's like, the oh. best that's so funny the producer he's like, runs in and cuts him off <laughs> yeah five three hours like all right all right that's all right, enough, enough. <laughs> but that i mean i feel like these all give a great example of like you know we talk about how al has assembled arguably the three most musically talented people in the world to be his backup band and that they have been a band since 1983 when they first put together this group like that is an impressive amount of longevity but beyond the musical talent they all just have such a great comedic timing and sense of humor for like totally like you can tell that they are 
a unit. It's not just like Al comes up with all the ideas and they just like are there to play the songs. Like if he throws them a comedic idea, they are like, yeah, let's They're do it. They're really, really good sports about the whole thing because yeah, yeah it, it's not hard to envision a scenario where it's an amazing guy, amazing bass player, amazing guitarist who's like, look, I'll play for you all you want, but I'm not comfortable like being going in front on of the television camera doing these bits yeah. and doing ice sculptures with my tongue or whatever you want me to do. And they're so down for whatever kind of wacky Even thing. Even in their 70s now, they're still I like, know, yeah, you amazing. want us to dress up in costume? Sure, let's do it. Like, they yeah, just they're, go they're with so, it. They're so such a great, I mean, it adds a lot to the Al's ability to, to his show and the, all of it. The fact that they are on board for all of it is just so, so huge. That, that Honestly, and that's kind of what you have to be in sketch comedy because yeah. because this stuff doesn't always age well. You have to be in a fuck it attitude. Like, who gives yeah. a shit? Like, I remember one of my all-time favorite notes after a show was um, just someone who came to see, like, uh, a sketch show that I was in and just said, Katie, you are so beautiful, but you make the ugliest faces <laughs> that I've ever, like, it makes me a little sick sometimes. And I'm like, Oh God. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there, there is one big thing that we have to talk about, but before we get there last time that we did LTV, both Matt and I gasped at the introduction of Harvey, the wonder hamster. Yes. And now we get the Full. debut of the Harvey the, the Wonder Hamster theme song, and I, in all caps, the theme song debuted. <laughs> like the theme song debut, which in this context almost seems like he just improved that. Yeah, just ripped it. it. It really, yeah. it really did. And I was yeah. like, I, I, because I was like, oh, this is the, probably the first time he's done this song. Yeah. And then I was like, wait, is this? literally the first time he's recorded this song <laughs> i think it is i think it is and it it really in the moment it's i will never i don't think we'll ever know but like it so seems like he just is like let's sing a song for harvey and he just makes this like, up but that's what i i think that that's the stuff you know problematic stuff aside the jokes that didn't age to the side yeah. the best parts about this is that there are so many points where it feels like there is no script there is like nothing yeah. that has been no, like totally. laid out. It's yeah. just like, all right, this is the bit we're gonna do and action. And he just like wings it and just goes. Yeah. And they're trying insane. to fill time. Yeah. That's like, that's how it feels with with Jim West and and Steve J, who does the weird like just showing that he can bend his fingers yeah. backwards. And then it's just that it's, weird cracking yeah. noise as he's <laughs> that like, cracking noise as you ah! It's clearly made by like <laughs> people's mouths or like Yeah. And, and I will exactly. never get sick of Al doing a bit with Harvey and then immediately just tossing him over his shoulder. Yeah, and, like, and it, it was just a, throws him. It was a clear cut, so like you know, no animals yeah. harmed. But like, yeah. that was so fucking funny to me because I was like, oh, this is like an iconic moment. This is the first time the song happens, and then he just chucks the hamster behind. Yeah, so, well, that was fun. <laughs> but then throws we get, him against the back wall. You know, he's been doing these since the first Al TV, but. The Madonna interview is really where I think he starts to figure Dude, out how to do these. This is these absolutely interviews. the first one of these that hits the marks that you expect. Like this is fantastic. This was one of so my. Good. This was one of my all cap notes, um, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is what they do in late night now, where they yeah. have a very standard interview that they splice in them doing questions that kind of fit the answers that's given." Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, he did it's this totally so well. Out. It's <laughs> totally Dude, out. Him telling her, like, well, first of all, the, the opening question is, like, when you think of Al Yankovic, what do you think? And she says, like, nonstop sexual energy. I know. I was like, <laughs> there it is. There it is. Uh, and, but then it's, 
it's not even the responses. Like the responses, it's kind of easy. I like not easy, but it's like you can comb through an interview and you can find like a funny answer to a question and then ask a ridiculous question to make that yeah. answer seem even more weird. But when he's like doing the interview and he's just like, oh, well, wait, Michael Jackson's over there. And it just cuts the footage of Madonna, like looking over her shoulder for a second. Like that's <laughs> uh, I'm just so messing with you. <laughs> like, and then it zooms in like, on her bracelet on her arm and he's like, oh, what's this? <laughs> oh, yeah. I have an all caps thing here because here's Matt Kelly, like movie nerd. <laughs> He goes, oh, what is that? Some type of Dick Tracy wristwatch? And I wrote in all caps, holy shit, he mentioned she's wearing a Dick Tracy wristwatch five years before the Dick Tracy movie starring Madonna was conceived. Wait, that's a wow. thing? Wow, see, I didn't no. even realize that. that. I assumed that he was, I didn't realize the years on it. I assumed that that yeah, had happened. Dick that's Tracy crazy. was a 1991 release. <laughs> like, wow. Whoa. That's crazy. <laughs> So to pull such a bizarre, like no one was thinking about Dick Tracy in 1985. Like you said, he is an oracle. Like He is an oracle. We were talking, like I, we said it with George of the Jungle. He did the George of the Jungle theme song at a time where nobody should have any reason to give a shit about that. Like <laughs> it, it is, it's really, really astonishing how much he can foresee culture tap, tap into the, the culture. Yeah. yeah. No, and, I, I, that's definitely, and it, it's funny too, because, you know, in considering just like indie comedy or independent comedy where it's like all these like crazy wacky things where people are just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall just trying to see what sticks it's so interesting to see what bits continue on today you know like yeah yeah trevor noah's stuff like late night things like those correspondence all of those they always do the splice interview the one-sided splice interview totally um like some of these like ridiculous like celebrity cameo bits like it's such a it's so prevalent in so many different versions of comedy but it's like they're cherry picking like stuff that they're like i don't know why but that made me giggle so much you know yes oh when he's just totally. doing almost like a simon says thing with her where it's like yeah right, pick your nose but only a little bit and it like yeah her, like, going like that. roll your eyes for me yeah. no do a bigger eye roll I than that and, and i'm like i'm curious about that original interview as well i like, know me too who, who was? that's always what it sheds light on she must have been really like bored because well, she said something to the effect of like i guess i'm not a, a great interviewee or something yeah and yeah. i was like who was really interviewing you? <laughs> so the only other two things I want to bring up from this interview, first of all, when he starts with, do you want to hear a joke? And it's a Helen Keller joke. I was like, oh no. Like I got real <laughs> nervous. I was pleasantly Me surprised too. how much I actually laughed at that punchline. Yeah, like, that's that, was, real... that was all right. In the world of <laughs> 80s Helen Keller comedy, that was pretty good. But the line, the line that I will use for every interview now is just in the middle where he goes, okay, shut up now. I've got another question. For yeah, you. I was going to, I was just going to say, I love when he's like, what's it like being, and he's just like, oh, you know, being on the bus is tough and you know, you put a lot of work and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up. All right, move on. Yeah. <laughs> the way he just cuts her off is so great. I love it. Oh, it's it's so also fun. Good. You know, at the time we're recording this, um, we have not seen the uh, Weird Al movie yet. Right. But I loved seeing the dynamic again this is a fake dynamic but even i feel like you still get the sense that al at this point has met madonna and is a they're friendly at least we know that because she approved like a surgeon um she suggested like a surgeon perfect and so to see this 
him playing this dynamic in this way just really made me smile because like I love that he was doing this with someone who was a friend and kind of like a musical ally to him at this time like it adds a level of playfulness to the whole thing that is just I don't know I, I loved seeing it it was great you know what's the other thing that actually I'm thinking about it right now and this is like a big thing in comedy in general and it's a big thing specifically now in comedy but I think the biggest reason why everything else works except for the Japanese stuff is the Japanese stuff is the only time where Al's punching down in this entire special. You know what I mean? Like everything else, like he is either making fun of himself or absolutely making fun of someone in such a higher stratosphere of their career than he will ever be. Like, like it, the stuff with like the music videos, like when he like uh, I forget the the song, but he's like burning the paper and then he dumps water on it and puts it in an ashtray. And yeah, he's oh, yeah. like he he's promoting like fire safety habits or something like that. I was like, what a genius way because he's working for MTV. He's probably got the rights to you know reuse any music video clip or whatever. It, it reminds me when I was working for Warner Brothers and there were like Disney properties that we couldn't talk about on live on air. So we would just be like rights cleared. We just always emphasize something like rights cleared tic-tac-toe or something like that yeah. we weren't allowed to legally say, but we would always say rights cleared <laughs> before yeah. it to, to make it parody. And it felt like a lot of this, like what a great way to just pull different IPs and things like that and make jokes out of stuff that's already popular. That's already yeah. like high in, you know, the global concept, but um, yeah. And now, and I think Al gets away from it too. Cause he is like the king of nerds. You know what I mean? Like it's never, he's not punching down on like other people for being a nerd, but just playing up. Like I am such a, like, even like we said in the very beginning with the one night stand bit, while that bit doesn't really age well, like the joke is like, what a terrible yeah. prize to have to spend a night hanging out with this dork. Like, exactly. That's like what the end, the goal of that joke is. It's like, he is the butt of more jokes in this than any other person. And when that person is the butt of the joke, it is like, yeah, is Prince going to lose sleep over the fact that Weird yeah. Al made fun of him? Like, is Madonna going to be heartbroken by the the way that interview was like recut? Like, absolutely not. Like, he's he's... And and I I agree with you, Matt. I think Madonna was very much in on the joke, which makes that so much more enjoyable to watch. Is like you can tell that yeah, that is totally. I'm making fun of a friend of mine. Like I'm making fun of someone right. who is, I consider a peer. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. What, yeah. There's there's love there. You can really tell. Which yeah. which is why like the like this feels like it directly influenced between two ferns. Like taking yes. oh my God, your massive so celebrities and and really ripping them apart. Like, I mean, one of my favorite things is to watch the bloopers of Between Two Ferns when they're all yes. laughing and just be like, God, this is so mean. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's something, because everything about these, what he's making fun of, these press junkets are always just about worshiping these people right. and it's no real conversation. It's just celebrity praise. Right. And yeah. so him, him flipping it the other way is just so... It's funny. It, it and, just so and goes against the grain because exactly because you. I mean, we've all been in those sort of corporate things where you're like, you, you need to speak nicely, even if you didn't like this yeah. property, you need to speak nicely about it in order to promote it. And it's like, ugh, Jesus. So like the comedy <sighs> bit of just like actually saying what you really want to say, but still having yeah. that love for that person and what they do is totally just mm, chef's kiss. He's not. 
he's not making fun of the person. He's no. making fun of the entire thing that's happening yeah. around him. Like, how silly is it that we have to do this? He's making yeah. fun of the celebrity, which I, yeah. I think will be ageless. I think that will never totally. be something that can be canceled. Like, always, that's why they always say, you know, punch up, don't punch down. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's a great, and and I'm glad you brought up between two friends because that's something I haven't thought about in a really long time. But man, the early days of that show, oh. like the the pre Hangover era, where yeah. like there was a part of you that, like you may have known who Zach Galifianakis was, but you're watching it wondering like, is the person being interviewed know that this is a bit like like there is that awkwardness where you're like. Oh Are no, was this like an ambush? Like was this like a we're gonna bring in this Totally Because in your mind Early it, Eric Andre had the same thing yeah, too. Right. Yeah. A very similar vibe of not totally understanding how much of this is how in on the joke the other person the is. The other person's and I and yeah. I feel it's like also it's funny a because Fielder thing. Nathan yeah. Fielder, another good one, yeah. yeah totally. I, I think part of it is that it plays with people's expectations that like people that are at this level of celebrity will only ever know or care about people of that level of celebrity. Yeah. So it'd be like, why would John Hamm ever know or care who Zach Galifianakis is <laughs> exactly. in a pre hangover world? But it's like, yeah. then you find out like later on, like, Oh, John Hamm is the biggest comedy, comedy fan you could yeah. ever. Yeah, find. totally. Like, he's like, such it's a like, comedy nerd. He's, we, <laughs> it's so good. We're, we're just, uh, my friend and I were just talking about that because, uh, I was introducing them to the state. They had no clue who the state was, but they were familiar oh. with Wet Hot American Summer. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I forget his name, but the actor from Law and Order who's who's in Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we were saying like him and John Hamm both fall in this category where it's like they're attractive, like prototypical, like jacked up dudes. So they keep getting put in these like heartthrob or tough guy roles. But then, like, you really look at, like, whenever they can do a movie that's not for the money but for the passion, it's always time and time again the most abstract comedy shit they can get their hands on because it's like that's that's where their heart is. Like, their passion Chris, and heart is the yeah, comedy. Yeah, totally. Role. Christopher Maloney. Christopher Maloney. Yeah, yeah from, from He Happy. pops up all the yeah. time. If you don't know that person by name, look up his picture because yeah. you've seen him and things. He's a great character actor. He's a, he's a fantastic <laughs> character actor. He's also a very good serious actor, which I... Yes. I, I, I that's one of the things that I think, like, if you're a fantastic actor just in drama and whatnot, translating to comedy is like, it's like getting an EGOT. Like, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's impressive as hell. Because, like, there are comedians that don't transition to drama. <laughs> but yes. when you have a dramatic actor that transitions to comedy, it's like, look, you could be Tom yeah. Hanks. You could be John Hamm. Like, it, it's insane. You got to be real good to do real that. Real good. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Well, I think that that's it for Al TV Volume Three. Um, but Katie, before we go, what are you up to? You got a couple podcasts that you show up on, and, and a bunch of other fun things. I do. I show up on a couple of things. Uh, I show up on the Geekscape podcast. Uh, I show up on Geekscape Games uh, every now and then when I'm not sick. Um, I also have a podcast of my own called the Black and White Podcast that I do with my good friend Marie Brand. Uh, we just basically shoot the shit. So if anybody wants to come on at any point come on on we just talk about whatever life anything um and then if you are listening to this later on um check out the movie unfrosted uh you might see a familiar name in there that is a jerry seinfeld movie that i will be somewhat in <laughs> oh that's the pop tarts movie yeah. i heard about this oh i had no idea that's 
It's a crazy. Oh, I'm so excited. I know. It was a really fun time on set. It was oh, a blast. Wow. And Jerry is hysterical. Oh, that's wait, I stop cannot the press. Is Jerry wait. Seinfeld is funny? I know. It's weird. I know. I'm breaking I'm gonna, that guy a TV show algorithm. or something. As as Scott Ackerman says, I'm gonna give you a sclusi. <laughs> Ah, oh, that's great. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us, Katie. Uh, we'll we'll be sure to have you back. We'll be sure to have Mark on pretty soon. Yes, as well. I gotta get you. Gotta get me that list of songs that Mark wants to talk about, and we'll get him on the show. Yeah, uh, and we'll be back next week with more Weird Al his- history being discussed. History, 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 <laughs> history. <laughs> listening to the Geekscape Network.